knowing the information and taking the wrong action with it and not applying it in places that can actually benefit you is probably the biggest issue going on in cryptocurrency. Yes, learning crypto may help you somewhat, but you got to work on the fundamental things in life first. And then when you get those down and you start adding this new technology, now your mind's going to expand and think outside the box so much because you have the base of knowledge of understanding of what works in society. And now you could apply it in these new niche technologies. People that didn't take action, you have a second chance. I'm not very confident that you're going to have a third chance. This is your wake-up call. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have an exciting guest for you today. Today's guest is a repeat guest. And the reason he's a repeat guest is because I loved our first conversation. It was absolutely incredible. This man understands something that I think is the future, something that I think is the space everybody needs to start understanding. And that, of course, is the space of crypto, DeFi and the metaverse. Folks, right now in 2022, we are like where we were in 1995 prior to the rise of the internet and e-commerce. And for anybody who remembers that time, who was around in that time, you understand that you're poised on the precipice of an absolute explosion in technology. The way that we live, the way that we do what we do in our day-to-day life is going to change completely. Can you imagine life before the internet? Can you imagine life before smartphones? You can't, can you? You can't imagine walking around without a phone attached to you all the time that you had everything you could be able to do with it being available at your fingertips. You just can't imagine that. You can't imagine not being able to log on to the internet and find out whatever you need to find out, order things, and, 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 and really live life. With all that power, all that computing power, all those resources at your disposal, you can imagine that. And right now, in about five, 10 years, you're not going to be able to imagine a life without cryptocurrencies being a part of it, without decentralized finance taking over how we run our day-to-day lives, and without the metaverse, this incredible, unbelievably huge, life-changing, globally transformative technology coming forward and making our lives as we knew it something that we'll barely remember 10 years from today. And the man that I've brought to talk to us again is none other than the one and only Peter Ratnikov. Welcome to the show, Peter. It's good to have you back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me again. Peter, you developed a fair amount of knowledge about Bitcoin, about crypto, about DeFi, about the metaverse. And this knowledge is, in my opinion, knowledge that makes you stand out. And my listeners to this show, they're all champions of freedom, free expression, and free enterprise. They also listen to this show because they want to learn how to stand out. They want to learn how to be seen as an authority, as a thought leader. They want people to come to them to want to do business with them. And Peter, you know, you, Peter Ratnikoff, you stand out a little bit. People kind of know who you are in your space. Talk to us a little bit about that before we get into the conversation about Bitcoin, about crypto, about DeFi. How is it that you've created that positioning for yourself, as it were? I think the example you started with of the 95, the internet, is a good place to take off from. Whereas if you were an entrepreneur in 95 and you jumped on the internet wave, it's going to open a lot of opportunities. But if you didn't have the basic skills in business and life, they wouldn't have guaranteed you anything. Like if you opened a website in 1996, but people didn't like you, you never had sales in your life before. Yes, there is opportunity marketing, you're ahead of the wave, but the kind of has to come together. So I think people have to be understand basic business skills, basic life skills. And then when you add something like cryptocurrency to that, now you're 
booming with energy and excitement and you could actually apply it and communicate it to people around the world as opposed to just knowing the information but not taking action or even worse knowing the information and taking the wrong action with it and not applying it in places that can actually benefit you is probably the biggest issue going on in cryptocurrency and people are seeing the, the great numbers, the things going up, but they don't understand why. They don't understand how. First step is, of course, is work on yourself. And if you're at that stage, if you're still living paycheck to paycheck, yes, learning crypto may help you somewhat, but you got to work on the fundamental things in life first. And then when you get those down and you start adding this new technology, now your mind's going to expand and think outside the box so much because you have the base of knowledge of understanding of what works in society and now you could apply it in these new niche technologies, whether that be in DeFi, whether that be in NFTs as an artist, or whether that just be in finance and accepting a new form of payment. So doing and understanding cryptocurrency is very important, but it's kind of like the cherry on top. It's not going to be your like base meal. It's not going to be what's going to stand you out and make you successful. But if you're already on the path of success, and you jump onto a new technological wave that is not going anywhere at this point, there's so many benefits for the average person to take advantage in a situation like that. 100%. But let's come back to you. How did you do this? How did you get to be known? Because you developed some knowledge. And now people know Peter Ratnikoff is a man who understands the world of crypto and DeFi. Peter Ratnikoff is somebody that you can get involved with and learn from. So what allowed you to do that? What are the steps you took to develop your knowledge and to put yourself out there as an expert, as an authority? Well, I think as any, any right path in life, if you're going about something, you, you need mentors. You need a community, right? Nobody becomes successful on an island by themselves, right? So the first thing I did outside of the three weeks of straight reading every article that was available in 2000, early 2015, watch everything on YouTube that was possible, now that's not realistic. There's so many, uh, if you try to read every article that just came out today, you wouldn't even be able to keep up. But back then it was a little bit of a different time. But right now is an even easier time for somebody getting in to get the right research. There is tons of mainstream documentaries. There's tons of TED Talks that are, have big name speakers that you'd be familiar with. So it's not just some Joe Schmo talking about this new technology. You can find most likely someone you respect, whether you respect the finance, the art world, whatever your community is, you can find that. And there'd be somebody respectable that you know most likely that are speaking on it. So I got involved was once I got that base knowledge of, okay, this is something that's too good to be true in the, in the first stages, right? You got to go and get the physical side of it. So right away, I started going to events. Back in those days, pretty much the only people that were involved were coders. If you were a coder or a friend of a coder in that community working in some kind of coding business, pretty much no normal people or no like average people that are business owners and things of that nature were in the community. So back then I was still DJing full time. So me coming in with my big gold chain on, I kind of stood out right away because everybody else was kind of like wearing a little knapsack and was like a coder. So me just being like an outspoken entrepreneur coming in and I'm not very shy. My very first event was uh, Anthony DiOrio was speaking, which is the, one of the co-founders of Ethereum. Yeah, yeah. So at this point, there's no such thing as Ethereum. There's no even talks about it yet. This is, we're just talking Bitcoin now. So the gentleman was speaking and I got to ask a couple questions, but it was kind of like a short meetup. So after he's done speaking, he goes to the washroom. I followed the guy to the washroom. I'm, I'm asking him questions as he's using the urinal. Like, I'm not very shy. And then we get in the hallway. I block the hallway. And I go, you know what? I'm asking you more questions. I, I, I don't understand this. So he ended up being one of my early mentors because he had a physical office. I think it was called, doesn't matter what it was called, but it was a physical office in Toronto we had where he had a few employees. And as he ended up building out Ethereum and the bigger group, ended up being like a whole mini office. He had to upgrade two different times. So it was nice to have somewhere physical to go and actually ask questions in person. And this is before we had Zoom and the WhatsApps and all this as prevalent as it is now. Right now, a physical, of course, is great. If you live in a major city, for sure there's a, a group like that you can join. And that was very empowering for me. And just being part of that community, having a physical place to go to, what worked for me as well is step up and share the information. So I didn't come from a position of power in the beginning. I understood people knew me from sports, people knew me from music. So 
who am I to educate them about this new form of finance? It was a disconnect for people. So one of the first things that worked for me really well, and I got to thank Anthony for this, is Bitcoin Magazine releases a new magazine every quarter, so every three months. And they're really well made. They have everything for beginners. They always have the beginning articles like what is Bitcoin, what is mining, all the basic things. And then they go into more kind of like new up and coming things and trending. So it was really powerful to hand people a magazine instead of me screaming to them or trying to convince them of something that they may not even respect coming from me because at that point I didn't have the credentials. So I'll just hand them a magazine. And whoever was open enough to read a magazine while they just have a few minutes or using the washroom, whatever the case may be, it was really well made. So it was getting the right people around me and then getting the right tools to share the message. And you could say I got in a very majestic time because I got in when Bitcoin was at the very low. And most people, like right now, we're kind of at a low. There's lots of excitement. It's a little bit different. But if all of a sudden Bitcoin goes today, it's about $38,000, $39,000. If it skyrockets to $100,000 a few months from now or a few weeks from now, everyone's going to be excited about it again. But the time to actually maximize from this is when the excitement is, the hype is not there. If you get in at a time when there's no hype, that's when you're really going to understand the space. So I was fortunate to get in a time where there's no hype, but I was super excited and I was hype about it, but the whole community wasn't. So I got in at the very bottom of a market. So on the financial side of things, anyone that took any risk and actually took some action and bought any cryptocurrency 2015, 16 times, their investment did really, really well, right? And no one did wrong at, at those points. There was only about 30, 40 altcoins. And even my first year, maybe a few hundred. And we all knew that there was only really like the top 30, 50 that were relevant. So anyone that was in that space and actually took action became kind of like a financial leader or consultant in the space naturally because anyone that listened to them, whether they put in a few hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars, they look in their account and they're like, oh my God, there's life-changing income, right? And that started from again, going to events and then being in the community and then being aware of the up and coming events because I was in the community. So come in once a week, say hello, buy my little bit of Bitcoin, grab some more magazines to give out, get an update, like, oh, there's this up and coming launch or this up and coming event in this part of the city. So you just stay tuned to the community, which is very, very important. And then as things progressed, at first, there wasn't any real big names. I remember Kevin O'Reilly, or really uh, whatever, the guy from Dragon's Den. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin O'Reilly, uh, for sure. He was one of the first financial guys to actually speak on it. And he wasn't as positive as he was now. He was saying, I don't know, I'm not sure about this, but it's worth looking into and maybe putting 1% or half a percent in. That's what he started off. So around that time, this is probably like mid-2016, you started having, it went from just people who were, coders to all of a sudden I started seeing a new category of people. So it's pretty much one class of or one network of people involved in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency at the time. And all of a sudden you had the second wave and the second wave was entrepreneurs, people that were in FinTech and finance that seen the game might've noticed Bitcoin might've kept it on the side, but all of a sudden now they're taking action. So we went from only coders to early entrepreneurs entering it. And around that time is when I chose to start public speaking at a lot of events that were not Bitcoin events. Because I found the people that were coming to the cryptocurrency Bitcoin events were familiar. And then we could have great conversations. But there was a complete disconnect when you went to an average networking event or an average financial summit or things of that nature. So I decided to step up and start speaking on nonprofit events for women to entrepreneur, to real estate, and anyone that I could collaborate with. I spoke at an African co conference, and you can see the color of my skin. I was the only white person in the room. But whatever it took in the early days to spread the message, and very few people, I'd say, take action. If I spoke in a room of 50 people or 100 people, let's do the math easy, out of 100 people, I would say four, maximum eight, and that would be really, really exaggerated, would actually take free Bitcoin. Every time I spoke, I offered everyone some, a piece of free Bitcoin. Use this technology. The way I always love to explain is, don't take someone's opinion of the internet, use the internet. Like if somebody tells you email is great, don't just base your opinion on what they said. Go use email. It's, it was free back then. Bitcoin might not be free, but it's very close. You can learn to use Bitcoin for pennies or a few dollars. Like it doesn't have to be some massive investment. Use the technology, see why it's cool. So at the end of the event, I'll offer people a free piece of Bitcoin 
and almost no one would even take that up. And what's the risk in that? You download an app, you get a, a transaction, and then out of those people that actually accepted the Bitcoin, even less, another, I'll say only 10, 20% of those would actually go out and start purchasing or incorporating their business as a payment, whatever the case may be. So there's very few people that took action. But those few people compounded over years. And the ones that did actually take action, all of a sudden, look back in their account and they're like, oh my God, this is life-changing world. So I'll give you one example of a very extreme situation. So I was in my uh, early to mid, like mid, early 20s. I had a gentleman that was like five years younger than me that decided to listen. I guess some people, you know, and not age. There's lots of older people in their 30s, 40s that were listening at the time too. So I had to do with the age thing. He just wasn't at a place financially where he had big income, right? And not many people are in their early 20s, right? So he put in like a few hundred dollars, a few thousand dollars over the span of years. And he turned it to tens of thousands of dollars, which was the most income he's ever seen in his life. And that was awesome, right? But the story I'm going on is his mother. His mother, I guess, as a son, being interested in some, she's like, you know what? Why not? She decided to buy like two and a half thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin. In the very beginning, when I just mentioned to him, he just started making his purchases. Uh, I, I don't know his mother well. Like I, I know him very well myself. He's he, She's from Nova Scotia or a different part of Canada where we're based in Toronto. So I guess she was going through um, some medical issues the last few years, and she's doing much better now, which is great. So they're sitting at the dinner table. And my buddy now, he like accepts Ethereum and Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies for his like regular businesses. And he's like a little leader in the community himself, right? So mom goes, hey, that Bitcoin is probably doing pretty well. And he fully forgot that he bought, helped his mom buy these Bitcoins. So they log into the account after dinner and that two and a half thousand dollar investment is over eight Bitcoins. It's sitting at a little bit less than half a million dollars Canadian. So not everybody has those life-changing stories of those numbers. But to somebody that put in two and a half thousand dollars and whatever, five, six years later, all of a sudden it'd be half a million dollars. Everybody in the community that took action has their version of a story like that. Whether it be 500 to 5,000 or whether it be 1,500 to 15,000, it was income that I've seen. I have friends that own farms that they bought with cryptocurrency. Like they put it back into fiat and purchased it like that. And there is ways to buy real estate directly with crypto. But I mean, from taking that chance, and I have guys who have cars paid out that they just bought out in full, right? Things of that nature. It's awesome to see it. So once you start seeing people around you, those stories start to compound. So how the leadership came in, it was like very few people might have took action, and but the ones that did started spreading the message. And that spoke to so many people. And one of the most common conversations I have now when I run into an acquaintance, they go, oh my God, I should have listened, blah, 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 blah. But most of the time, I don't even remember having a conversation with them. I was just, I could be having too many beers at a venue and I'm, all I'm talking about is cryptocurrency. We're at an after party after a nightclub. I have a group of people huddled around me. I'm talking about cryptocurrency. So I guess compounding is spreading the message I love so much. The people that did take action were so grateful. And that's kind of how the leadership came into be because the people that did took action and were able to be helped were so grateful and they would spread the message. And that's kind of where I got where I am today. Yeah, it's pretty incredible stuff, man. It's pretty incredible stuff. I mean, uh, I wasn't, uh, I didn't even know what cryptocurrency was until 2017. And I met uh, Anthony Diorio. He spoke at a conference called the Fireside Conference. And, you know, it was crazy. I was listening to it going, man, this is good. I should somehow get into it. And I never took action on it. I didn't take action on it until the summer of 2021. Um, crazy stuff, brother. Crazy, crazy stuff. And yeah, to, to mention that wave, the next wave I noticed were actually me as being someone that's kind of a passionate, direct, outside-the-box thinker. We, I've noticed it go from open-minded entrepreneurs, so we're from coders, to like kind of open-minded, the head thinkers of entrepreneurs. And around 2017, when you went to go see them, that's when the corporate entrepreneurs came in. The guys who are like, in sales or kind of like entrepreneurial in the sense they work for a corporation, they have some leeway, but all of a sudden I see a massive corporate influx of cryptocurrency. And by no means did I get less motivated, but I was excited to go to every single event in 2015, 16. And around fall 2017, I started showing up to events and there was people there that didn't want to be there. They were there because they worked for a company and it was kind of a half mandatory show up. And I was like, whoa, this is unusual. This is a whole 
different influx of people that we did not see before. And I'm saying we're still kind of in that category where it's mostly corporate entrepreneurs, but now thanks to NFTs, which we'll get into, we have this whole new art community coming in. Like the Miami 2022 conference, our team flew out there. That's the one thing I noticed, and in general going to events in Toronto as well, is there's a new wave coming now. So it went from just like coders to entrepreneurs to more corporate entrepreneurs, and now you're having the creative people coming in, which is going to bring a whole different aspect and energy and rejuvenation to the industry because maybe there's a lot of things that don't make sense right now when it comes to the valuation of NFTs. Like someone can make a beautiful art piece and have a hard time selling it for a dollar or $10 and somebody else to make this pixelated almost nothing, but because they have this huge community or influence, it might be worth six figures, seven figures. So there might be illogical things happening, but the fact that we have creative people now entering the community, because yeah, coders are great, entrepreneurs are amazing, but having a whole section of people who just create and are thinking in the art form, not just the numbers, this is gonna, and we're just starting to see this now. So we'll see where this leads in the following years, but that's kind of the, one of the exciting things going on now is just, is we're kind of swallowing more and more new communities, right? So we'll see who's to come next, but it's cool to just have an influx of new people. So now when you go to an event, yeah, you still have the corporate, you have the entrepreneurs, you have the coders, but now you have these guys talking about, oh, I want to create this kind of art form or this kind of video, or this kind of metaverse that's going to create X, Y, and Z. So it's awesome to see the creative minds entering the space right now. Well, myself and a, uh, a friend of mine, we connected with a knife company um, that makes knives. They're called Spartan Blaze. This is one of their knives. And um, we are doing an NFT with them. Uh, and what's kind of cool and different about it is we're taking their designs. Obviously, we've got some artists. And that, that's been the hardest thing, finding artists who can do this, this work for us because neither one of us have that kind of skill set right now mm -hmm. and putting it out there and it's different. Uh, we're, we're going to be doing some really cool things. Um, one of the founders of the knife company is a, is a, is a former green beret. So we want to do something to honor that branch of the service uh, in the United States. And we'd love for people to know who we are, but yeah, like you said, so far people have, have been into those pixelated monkeys which are, you know, they're cool and fun and all, but hey, it, it's cool to be chatting with you because, you know, through you, I think we can get to some of these uh, communities that understand what the heck is going on and could get excited about, you know, a knife NFT, a branded knife NFT created by the guys who actually fought as Green Berets and are, and are, and, and are the ones who actually are making the knives. Mm-hmm. Well, I think for situations like yourself, it's it's still a little bit early where the masses aren't using this. And another small issue I would say is for the finding the talent, right now you have competing, you, they're called blockchains for the people, but just think of them as competing decentralized companies or competing movements, however you want to look at it for the newer people. So people are not sure. It's like if back then we had one internet that we pretty much used, right? You had different websites, but pretty much one internet. Right now, the similarity to compare it to is you kind of have like, you have Bitcoin that's established as the digital goal. So whichever internet that we end up using, most likely, or this 3.0 new version of internet, Bitcoin is going to be one of, if not the main settling option. So we already came to that conclusion at this point that for the next X amount of years, maybe decades, maybe forever, who knows, that Bitcoin is going to be what we're going to use as the financial side of this new technology. But we haven't figured out which database, which blockchain is gonna, yes, Ethereum is the leader, but it has so many co competitors that are doing well from the Solanas and the Polkadots and the Elrons. So there's, we don't know where the next 3.0 internet's actually gonna take off. We haven't had, we've had things go viral in our little mini community. But we never had something actually go viral and scale to the world yet. So that's another challenge of people like yourself finding talent because let's say I'm a creative person, right? Which I'm not as well, but let's say I was a designer. Where do I learn on? Do I learn on Solidity and on Ethereum? Do I jump to one of these that I don't have to spend hundreds of dollars to make my art where I can make it for free or for a few pennies? So do I do it on a Polkadot, on a Solana, on a Phantom? Like, there's so many competitors now, and there, a lot of 
them are doing great things. So the guys who are the smartest are making their company or their blockchain or their operating system so people understand, interact with other ones fluently. And those are the best ones in my opinion. But at the end of the day, there's no established one. So it's really hard to get the talent because we don't even know where to teach them. Like, are you going to say, okay, 100% young person, go learn on Ethereum. All of a sudden, Ethereum's never had a hack. It has a major hack and it drops 90%. It's not likely, but it's possible, right? And another challenge too is in tech of the old, if you had a protocol update that was very important for the organization or the company or, or the movement, you would shut it down for a few days, a few hours at least, some cases a month, and then you would relaunch your operating system. Right now, the issue with most of these live projects is it's like a plane in the air and you're trying to fix the plane or convert the plane from like a gasoline engine to a diesel engine while it's flying, which is technically possible, but how much easier would it be if they landed the plane, switch the engines, at, but they're not doing that. So right now we're upgrading these protocols while they're live. Like the difference between cryptocurrency for the new people there and stocks is it's open 24 hours. It doesn't take a break. It doesn't take a minute off. It just keeps going, going, going. So it's difficult also to launch these easy ways and new ways to scale arts and whatever else is to come because we haven't even figured out what is going to be the base layer of this new communication. And for people that understand not just the arts and NFTs that you're kind of doing, where I see it going no matter what, this technology will be used is to help fraud around the world. So when you buy start off with designer it'll start off with expensive bottles of wine it'll start off with you know expensive jewelry things of that nature that will be verified but as this technology grows and scales someone that literally runs a mom and pop business out of their out of their own home will be able to use one of the protocols to verify that you know what this handmade hand mitten sweater i made is actually knitten by grandmama because i have it verified to this blockchain with this key. So when you get my sweater, you could actually go and verify that it's purchased from me. And why that's very important is when you want to support someone, like a lot of places in the world really need our help. So if we as consumers could actually target our current or our energy and direct it to some of these needed places, and we know it actually goes there, that could create a lot more prosperity and get rid of a lot of sad and... Um, not necessarily depressing, but places that are, you could tell that if they just had a little bit more economic empowerment, they would be great, right? There might be some villages that have running water in the sense that they have a wall they could access and they have some electricity, but there's no business to build. So someone in that community could step up as a leader and decide to make a product that the world is interested in and then they could make it into NFT, meaning not an NFT as the form of art like we're thinking now a way to verify authenticity of a product so if you could verify something and feel good about it that's really where nfts are going to go one of the ways for sure the art's going to stay around as well the other part is more my opinion no one knows for sure but i truly believe that every single social media post you make 5 10 15 years from now will be an nft meaning it will be a one-of-one -one digital interpretation whether you posted a picture of yourself your friends your meal but you own the rights to that photo. And most people are not influencers. So it might cost the average person, let's say, like a Netflix membership, like 10, 20 bucks a month, and then everything you post is your NFT. But if you are an influencer and you are getting paid from making these posts and then people sharing it, whatever the case may be, and you are actually generating income, well, it might cost you because you're using more bandwidth, just like internet, you might have to pay two, 300 bucks a month to be able to make everything an NFT or everything you mint will cost you $10 to mint every one. But if you can make $1,000 out of one of your 10 mintings, it's going to make sense. So I think where we're going with this technology is actually more, because we're going more and more digital and we're becoming external cyborgs now. And most likely, like if you talk to my friends and like people that were kind of like where I grew up and we kind of thought we were like, you know, kind of like, Never would we have a tracking device on this. You know, if you had a conversation with certain kind of people 20 years ago, everything a smartphone does now, there's no way I'd walk around with a, a device that records everything I say and is blatantly tracking everything I do and then running ads to what I did. But we all are, right? So every single human being right now that's functioning in business and mainstream society has a smartphone. So if we do become more 
like in turn, right now we have the watches and the phones, but it'll start in medical. But as we do become like, whether it be contact lenses or whatever the case may be, we're going to be more and more digital. So for us to have more options and more ways to interact fluently without having to ask permission, because the internet, you don't have to ask permission to make a post on Facebook that potentially anyone can see in the world. Right now with finance is the way we interact outside of cryptocurrency. It's not so fluent to be able to interact on the global financial scale. You have to ask permission from this country and this region, and you might start doing something and you get blocked or using PayPal and apparently you did something wrong with one of their own interior requests that you weren't supposed to do. Like all these complications are making it hard for us to interact digitally fluently, which that's what cryptocurrency NFTs is going to bring because the more we interact digitally, the more of our energy and our current and our soul we put into online presences, this is obviously important in human nature, psychology. So it's going to be implemented more and more fluently. So this technology is bringing more and more freedom to not just entrepreneurs, to the average people to be able to express themselves beyond just information now. Now we can actually do commerce throughout the world. And it might be in the primitive stages now, like we go back to the 95 of the internet, but there's no denying that this is being built. And it's a matter of which platform goes viral, which platform can scale, not is it gonna scale, just which one. That's what really we're waiting on in the community. The world, you know, Ethereum seems to be something that has really taken off though. I mean, a lot of people are using it. Yeah, there's a lot of issues with it and it's bloody expensive and slow compared to Solana and and uh, and uh, Terra uh, uh, and so forth. But um, people, people still use it. It's still the granddaddy of the second layer applications at the moment. And, and it's the second biggest coin out there after Bitcoin. Uh, you know, and it's uh, it's going to become a trillion dollar asset soon. I don't think Ethereum's going away, and I don't think Ethereum's going to lose to these guys. Um, you know, so, so Solana is definitely going to, I think, be popular as well, and so will some of these other companies you mentioned, like Polkadot and so forth. But Ethereum, Ethereum is here to stay, in my opinion. I don't think Ethereum's going away. Well, yeah, like I said, the only issue going back to that plane example is they're going from mining, which is using physical computers. So people understand the basic of mining is just a computer that has doing cryptid mathematics. And the more computing power you have, the more likely you are to win financial rewards. Right. So that's the current operating system that Ethereum is running on, which is Bitcoin's original system. So now they want to switch it to uh, if you have Ethereum, instead of having to have the more computing power then you win the reward, it's you lock in some of the existing wealth, meaning you lock in Ethereum, and the more wealth you have, you have a basic computer code that will verify the system. Not by basic, I mean, still complicated, but basic for you in the sense of you don't need some kind of supercomputer. You want any regular computer could take a chunk of your wealth and generate cash flow from that. So them switching this protocol, I've been hearing them talk about this for I want to say four years, at least, maybe five, I think 2017, for sure by 2018, they were talking about moving to staking. And they had a goal of six months, then it moved to 18 months. And here we are four or five years later, and we still haven't done the upgrade protocol. And I'm not saying that's just by warning to people. I think Ethereum is here to say, I, full disclosure, probably have two thirds of my wealth in Ethereum and Ethereum-based coins, or at least 50%. So it's not by any means in my anti-Ethereum. I'm one of the most pro-Ethereum people. I'm just saying that it may be a combination of them winning with somebody else. Or if there is some kind of major hack or glitch for the people that haven't been involved yet, like you're saying, if you do see Ethereum crash by 60, 70, 80, 90% because there's some kind of malfunction in this upgrade, that's an opportunity to buy. So all the people that think it's too expensive now, I don't know, $3,000 a coin for something I don't understand. If you see it go back down to $300, you hear me right now. That is your chance to get in. And this is your chance to potentially create life-changing wealth for yourself as a correct back. because you're right. It's not going anywhere. We just have to scale it. And that's what all these great minds around the world are working on. And I would say it's even more, it's even more people now than there was in the internet because we didn't have the internet. Like before the internet, when people were building the internet, they didn't have the internet to communicate. Now we have a way of communicating pretty frequently around the world. And 
Now you have more minds that can work on it. So that's why it might have took from 99, you could say that, you know, around like the Facebooks and the YouTube started coming out early 2000s. But it wasn't until 2010 where the smartphone came out where I really started seeing this technology take off. And probably another five years after that, before there was a bunch of competitors to the iPhone 1 and average people had a smartphone. So it took almost 15, 20 years for it to take off. And in 15, 20 years, of course, we're going to see massive changes in this space, but it could be much faster. Like, I would argue that 2015 was probably equivalent to like 1990, like your example. But I don't think it's going to take us, and for 95 now, I don't think it's going to take us 15, 20 years like it did with the internet because we, we have the internet now. We have the way to spread this virally faster than we could ever imagine. So it's just a matter of it's scaling and more and more people, again, you could have avoided the internet back in the day, but it's going to be faster. All of a sudden, anyone in any kind of e-commerce business, whether it's three years or nine years from now, no one has a crystal ball. For you, not accepting a form of cryptocurrency is going to make you seem like a dinosaur. It's going to make it seem like, what is wrong with your business if you have an online, whether you're even just mentoring online, whether you're selling a product online, whether you're offering services through an online platform, regardless of what field you're in, if you're not accepting a form of cryptocurrency or at least just Bitcoin, people are, you're going to lose a lot of young people. And especially young entrepreneurs that are coming up, there's a whole subset of people now, like most of us don't remember very much before 10. We have some memories, don't get me wrong, right? But there's certain kids, like I, I, have, I have kids that don't know a world without Bitcoin. Like they don't know a world without an option of having a way to communicate on the internet without any asking any permission. I have kids that have been mining since the age of seven. that are now 12. They're starting little projects. And you're not going to have do business with anyone in that category if you don't accept cryptocurrency in the future. So that's why I believe it's going to move much faster. And as a business owner, it just makes you seem more intelligent too, right? Not that you have to be intelligent, or but if you want to be a leader in your space, you want to be on top of massive trends. Nobody says you've got to start public speaking or giving conferences on what cryptocurrency is but you should understand the basics to have an intellectual conversation with a young person and with an older person, you could just give them a little wisdom so they can get closer to your understanding so they can have a conversation with someone else. That's where I think it's really going to help the average person where you can attract better talent. So at the end of the day, any business you're doing, you need great people around you. And how do you attract those great people? By stepping up your own greatness. And this is a very easy and direct way that just takes time and very little resources to learn. 100%. Everything you just said, everything you just said, Peter, is absolutely 100% bang on, balls on, accurate. First of all, not understanding this space makes you look dumb and feel dumb. Not being able to have an intelligent conversation with somebody else about this space is going to cost you the ability to do business with a whole new generation of people and not being able to explain this to people who don't understand as much as you is isn't good because if you're a good human being you want to help other people whose understanding is less than yours to come up so in my opinion everything you said is dead balls on accurate i'm glad to hear that you're heavily invested in ethereum and and coins based on ethereum i gotta be honest for myself i'm very interested in in you know taking a look at my entire portfolio and understanding what to do differently going forward and and what else to add to it and for me I want this NFT project that I'm a part of to really be successful. It's been taking a hell of a lot longer than I thought it would. We started it back in late August as a concept. In September, we started to move forward with it. We hired some of the wrong people. And now we seem to have the right artists finally. And, and, and it seems like the artwork's coming through. Now we got to get the whole community and the marketing piece going. The way we were going to do it before, we, we can't. I don't think do it quite the same way now because the market's already shifted and we, we had um, what we expected to, to need to spend on it is a lot more than we thought. You know, I, I put a ton more money into it than I ever thought I'd have to. And, and right now I just want to see this be successful. I just want to see what we're doing, capture some people's attention. I mean, knives in America are huge, huge business. You know, I don't know how much you know about knives. Um, as a young man, you should get into knives. I think every young man should have at least a folding knife and a 
and, and a fixed blade that he's he's using, but they're very popular. And the branding of these knives is 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 absolutely incredible. They're 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 gorgeous. I mean, look at this knife. I mean, just look at it. This is this is a, a it's a work of art. You see, I mean, look at the design of it. Look at how gorgeous it is. It fits nicely. In I even love the name. The Spartan name it, it, it like evokes a, like a deep strength. Like it's like a, this name Spartan just brings it back like to some warrior blood mentality. Exactly. So I think there'll be a lot of young men who'll get into this and go, shit, yeah, an NFT around knives. That's pretty cool. And we're, we're going to be doing some cool things, which you know, I'm not quite ready to share about yet. But people are going to be excited about these knives. They're, one, one of the things we're looking at, at, at doing is being able to allow people to use them in gaming. Right, so you could use your NFT knife in, in gaming, which could be pretty cool, and 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 um, whole host of other things that make this different than, you know, pixelated monkey. No offense, pixelated monkeys. I think they're great and all, but but in my opinion, I, this thing is new. It's unique. It's different. It's going to kick some ass. And I'd like this to be successful. I'd like other projects to come forward through this. I'd like to be involved in 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 other projects, both with my partners that I'm building this with as well as to see what other projects are possible outside of that realm as well and, and and to me that's something phenomenal something exciting that makes me happy that i'm learning about this space and i'm part of this space but everybody needs to know about this everybody needs to be a part of this because if they're not they're gonna suffer they're gonna be one of the people that 10 20 years from now is gonna come and say to me and you oh my god i wish i did you you know, you're going to be in one of two places. You're going to say, I'm glad I did or I wish I had. You know, I'm glad I did or I wish I had. And you don't want to be a I wish I had guy. I don't want to be a I wish I had guy. Because that's what happened to me around the internet and e-commerce and all those companies that came out then. Can't let that happen twice, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. For all the people that are like a little bit older that we're around pre-internet and I have lots of memories. I started my first Mickey Mouse businesses as a young human being before internet and before every, I had a cell phone young, but most people didn't have cell phones yet. So I remember that you have a, people that didn't take action. You have a second chance. I'm not very confident that you're going to have a third chance. If you missed the internet wave, you took no action as an entrepreneur, as a human being, and now you're sitting back and not taking any action. This is your wake up call. You have another chance. This is like, the internet of finance, the internet was information and people got uber wealthy on information and spreading technology like that. This technology is based on financial interactions. This is going to create a lot more wealth for the average person that takes action because it's a financial based tool. So with an information based tool, how many millionaires and billionaires and tens of millionaires were created? This is a financial tool. We've probably already had equivalent numbers of people who have life-changing wealth and the technology hasn't even gone viral. Like imagine in the internet, you already had a bunch of people that were, like before the, before the boom, in 96, you didn't have a bunch of wealthy internet people. People were still working their butt off and building things without being wealthy yet. Now you have people that are actually leaders financially and doing extremely well when it comes to the, and a lot of people still like, watched like reality tv shows it blows my mind i'm like what people would do these days for like ten to a hundred thousand dollars with inflation like what could you really get for those things and then people are like shutting down their lives and going on tv shows for not very much money so obviously money still matters a lot on this planet and this is one of the fastest way to generate wealth in your life because it's something that's actively growing and growing and growing. So it's not like you have to compete for customers and take somebody else's customers. You could actually become a creator, which we all are, and create new opportunities, create like you're doing, like you're opening a new whole thing with knives. So people that are already into knives and not into crypto, you're bridging that gap. You're not saying, you know what, I'm entering the knife business and there's this many sales in America a year we need to take from that or add a little bit to that. You're saying, no, we're going to do a whole new twist and we're going to, NFT it and you're going to have the physical form and you're going to also be able to get a digital form where you're going to be able to play online and I'm not a big gamer but just think about all the kids around the world once they realize they can play video games that are and they will be as fun like right now they may be more primitive but there's no denying that we have the greatest minds in the world building these new generations of games why would a child or a, a teenager or adolescent why would they play a game if there's a similar game that they can be paid to play, right? And it's, it's, it's going to be a world that's going to make no sense. Like, it's going to be, don't get me wrong, 
Board games are still here. When video games came, kids loved board games forever. Board games didn't go away. So traditional gaming that you don't get paid for is not going to go away. There's always going to be some form of it, just like board games are still existed. How many kids actually go, dad, 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 I want to use board game? I would say close to none, right? But how many kids are passionate about the newest gaming? So there might be expenses too, like going in the future, not being a gamer, but paying attention to the space. You might have to spend 500 or 5K to set up your child with this new gaming mechanism, but they'll be building things he'll be learning. Maybe he'll start off as just a straight gamer, but if he has any kind of creativity, maybe he goes, you know what? Why am I always buying these digital knives? How do I reach out and become an influencer for this company and get a discount or offer it to my people? They're going to start thinking outside the box from something as simple as gaming. Like, what has ever gaming created a mastery of entrepreneurs? Now it's going to. Someone that wants to do art, that's going to be a mass form of entrepreneurship. Instead of just drawing on a piece of paper or drawing something and putting it on their Facebook wall or their TikTok, whatever, to actually getting paid from your creative art form right? So memes are like all about how fast can you make a meme, get it out, and whatever. I mean, hopefully you get some likes and some tractions. But what about if you could actually put love and time and create a very creative meme that you own the rights to? That's where we're headed. So all of a sudden, it's going to be a different form of thinking for the new generation and the older generation that goes back and starts taking action. Like I may never start gaming for money, but would I invest in some kids across the world where I can build some kind of rec center, build some centers and have a whole community where we crowd share and make money together? Sure, I'll invest in something like that, even though I'm not into gaming per se. Just like someone who's not into knives, I happen to be into knives personally a little bit. I just started actually, side note, I started my first fire with a knife the day after rain last year. Nice. I top of all my crypto stuff, that's one of the things I'm most proud of, right? And there's not an industry I can think of even just going that direction. Like, I was thinking maybe you could be in the food business. There's serious, uh, serious trends coming in, the unique ways of growing vegetables and fruits. And, like, you could do it now, like, indoors and be efficient. But even, even that business, I'm like, okay, if you get really good, I'm going to want an NFT verifying that I'm getting those organic products from you. So even in a business like that, which is literally hands-on, even that business, you're going to have to have some kind of correlation if you want to be at the top of your industry. If you're starting businesses to aim for mediocrity, well, that I can't help with. Anyone that's going to be a leader and a successful entrepreneur in any field, you're going to have to interact with the space. You're not going to have an option. You are going to have to interact with the space. Very, very well said. Very true. Um, so let's talk about some of the uh, things that you think could potentially be interesting for people to consider because we're not we're not here giving anybody investment advice here right we're, mm-hmm. we're we're here to educate people they're gonna have to make their own decisions so we've got to be really clear this none of this is investment advice guys this is education and entertainment that's what we're providing here peter and i were in we're edutainers okay so so peter what what are what are some things that you think people ought to look at in terms of uh potentially uh considering putting their money into yeah, so I'll do a quick rant on Bitcoin and I'll get into all the other options. So people that are like new here and don't want fully understand what made Bitcoin special, right? Bitcoin did not create something new out of the ether. It took a bunch of existing technologies and put it together in a unique way to see if it solved the double spend problem or solve the something digital and rare. Everything before Bitcoin that was digital, you could make a million, a trillion, a thousand copies of. And there's no way of stopping it. And there was lots of companies in the 90s, like eGold, PayPal was looking to solve this problem. They weren't able to, they had to pivot. So what makes Bitcoin unique? It made something digital and rare. So that is the premise of why this technology is so special. We created scarcity and we created rarity in a digital platform. And what do humans do with anything that's rare? Whether it be gold, whether it be diamonds, if you have a limited edition piece of art, all those things are rare and we put on value. So that's kind of the stage we're still at right now where we have this digital rarity, meaning Bitcoin. But remember, a, a famous line is you can't have infinite rarities. Like if gold is rare and all of a sudden you say, you know what? But we're also going to make, say, rocks are like gold and we're say crystals are like gold and everything can be digitally rare. So you can't have infinite rarities, right? Bitcoin is the original digital rarity. If somebody can make a copy of that, technically that's digital rare as well but there's no movement behind it. 
there's already 10 plus years of people who've been marketing Bitcoin for no, like out of their own love. No one's been ever paid by the company Bitcoin or the founding organization. We don't even know who it is. But there's been no one who's been paid to promote this. You see it on my t-shirt on my wall. Nobody's giving me any income for doing this. No one's forcing me to do it, right? So to be able to compete with that is not very likely. Like, like a good example would be like you could relaunch the internet, a new protocol. Technically, you could say that's change, life-changing. You just launch a protocol competing with the main internet. But if nobody's using it, it's not very special. It might be a very impressive that you're able to pull something like this off, but doesn't mean it's going to get any traction, doesn't mean it's going to get any movement, and doesn't mean it's actually going to impact your life or the, the world more positively. So creating another version of something that exists, in my opinion, is not the best place to park your funds, right? So if you're going to get into it because it's something rare, you don't understand the technology, Bitcoin is really where you want to be. And the biggest mistake I see most newbies who are about to get into altcoins is they look at the price of the coin and they go you know what i can't get that but i want more wealth in my life so let me start with these small numbered coins because they look like they're attainable like they look at something like dogecoin or shibu and they're like oh they're only a fraction of a penny or they're just above a dollar and i could see it going to 10 but that is the wrong mindset it's about understanding market caps so don't look at the price of the coin as you get into altcoins which means alternative Coins are not Bitcoin. So any kind of cryptocurrency that's not Bitcoin is considered, a alt, we call it an altcoin, an alternate coin. So Ethereum shouldn't be considered an altcoin because it's its own ecosystem, but just in the lingo of the Bitcoin world, that's still what we're calling it. So the important thing is why Ethereum is special too. There's only about 113 million Ethereum. Originally, it was supposed to be 118 capped or whatever. They might have switched it modestly, or maybe it's already at the cap now because it's starting to be deflationary at times. Whatever the detail is of what the number they settle on, there is going to be a limited supply of Ethereum. And me as an entrepreneur, why I bought my first bunch of Ethereum before it was where it was now when it was just forming, my logic was as an entrepreneur, I'm going to build a business on Ethereum. So I didn't even buy Ethereum as a speculative asset. I bought it as something I'm going to build a business myself on in the future originally. And then, of course, it became an amazing financial asset. First, So a lot of these altcoins you're getting into, I would take that kind of mindset. If you're getting it just for the wealth, Bitcoin is what you want to take your profits in. Don't, don't look at these things that are not rare. So, for example, Dogecoin and Shibu, Shibu Nubi for all the new people out there. I'm using those as an example because they're not digitally rare. They make 10,000 Dogecoin, I think it's every minute, or maybe even every, I don't think it's every second, it might be every minute or whatever their blockchain protocol is, forever. They're going to keep making 10,000, 10,000, 10,000, 10,000 for infinity. So as soon as the hype dies down on something like Dogecoin, you don't have something digitally rare because they just keep making more and more of it. It's kind of very similar to the dollars we use now. That's why a lot of people like, and all wealthy people don't store their wealth in dollars in a bank. They, whether they find real estate, whether they buy index funds and stocks or, or different kind of opportunities that are paying them dividends, that's how you store your wealth. So getting into something like Shibu and things that are not going to provide you that because they're only providing value while there's a hype. And look at the market cap because for all of a sudden, anyone can switch a protocol. So we'll use Terra Luna, for example. That's a coin that's about $107, maybe a little less, a little more. The market's a little down today. Yeah. If all of a sudden they decide to switch their, um, their distribution, well, you know what? Instead of having X amount of coins, we're going to make 10,000 more of the coins. So if they have, let's say, whatever, I'm just throwing out a number, 10 million or 100 million circulation, they're going to say, now we're going to make a billion. All of a sudden, Terra Luna would be a dollar instead of 100. But does that make the protocol more valuable? No, it's still worth the same thing. So the way they denominate the currency is how most newcomers make their decision on what they want to get into. Because they go, you know what? Oh, this number looks small and I could see it getting bigger. But they're not, they're looking at the price per coin, not the actual total value of that ecosystem. So the best way to go about it is look at the ecosystem's value and where can it go? So if today, Bitcoin is just under a trillion, let's say it's $800 billion value. You could say one day, Bitcoin being digital gold is what a lot of people call it. It can match gold's market cap. So if gold market cap stays around 10, 11 trillion like it is today, you can see Bitcoin being worth about 15 times more valuable than today, right? Or let's say it doesn't quite reach it, but it gets close. So it goes 10 times. 
So it's not the price per coin, it's that the value of the ecosystem is gonna grow tenfold. Ethereum sitting at, at about 400 billion today. Well, you could argue if it becomes viral, becomes the new kind of internet 3.0 that we're using along with our current internet. It's just uh, internet 3.0 for maybe businesses and digital interactions and gaming, things of that nature. Well, you could put a market cap on that of at least 4 trillion. You can maybe say one day it could be 40 trillion outperform Bitcoin, but that's where your logic needs to come from of why something's going to go up in value. Not because you think the price of it looks small now and it's going to be bigger. So for how to find the real gems is let's say you like something like Terra Luna or Solana or Ethereum. There might be something coming up that you find that's much smaller. So let's say we're at 400 billion on Ethereum. I'm not sure what Terra Luna is. Let's say about 20 billion, just, just to throw out a number. You could find something that's worth 2 million or 20 million or 200 million that's up and coming. And you go, wow, this is actually doing very similar and better things that Ethereum, Terra Luna, whatever the case may be, whichever you're studying is doing. And I can see this market cap going from the 200 million to at least $2 billion. Because that $2 billion, it's not even competing yet with the ones I just mentioned, but it's on its way. So that's how you really find the gems in the space is paying attention to market cap. And another last tidbit is people that are new don't think of Bitcoin as just Bitcoin. Bitcoin denominates to 100 million units called Satoshis. So right now, for about 390 US dollars, you can get a million Satoshis. A million Satoshis. That's a lot of cryptocurrency. Even though it's 1% of a Bitcoin, and to you it sounds like, oh, it's only 1% of something. No. You can buy land. Another good example why Bitcoin and why buying Satoshis, it's land is valuable in Manhattan, in downtown Toronto, in major cities like Paris. If you bought land 150 years ago, 10 hours away from a city, yeah, you can get a lot more. But are you not better owning, let's say, a million units in a big metropolitan city as you are owning acres somewhere in the middle of nowhere? So that's the example I use for Bitcoin. Get some of that digital rarity that's here to stay. It's like you buying a million units of something that's going to be unattainable in the future. If Bitcoin takes off the way it has the potential to, then all of a sudden you can see 10,000 being a massive number of Satoshis. Whereas right now, anyone in a first world country, it's very attainable to get 1% and do that 10 times and get 10% of a Bitcoin. All of a sudden you have 10 million Satoshis. So if you start thinking in Satoshis, get your Satoshis up, not your Bitcoins, and that will generate life-changing wealth in the long run. If you're able to emotionally be balanced enough not to go sell it when you think it's crashing or just consistently getting into it, buying it over time is always the safest way. And it's not just me. This is anyone will tell you this. And it, that applies to any asset as well, right? If you're just getting into stocks and you have $10,000, let's say, it's probably not a good decision to go all 10000 in your first day into some kind of stock that you're not even sure of. If you're new to buying stocks, well, buy $1,000 once a week for 10 weeks while you figure it out. The same strategy should apply with cryptocurrency, right? So it's, and the people that are new, the goal is to own more Satoshis, right? The goal, if you like dollars, sure, but Satoshis will equate to more dollars in the future. So when you're buying these other, other alternative coins, but your goal is to get more wealth, I'm, I'm, I'm known as me and my team, we're way too big into hodling. We've seen projects that we invested $1,000, go to let's say $70,000, and they're $200 today. I have a partner today, uh, a few months ago, put in 10,000 to a platform, seen it go to 60, 70, 140, and now it's back to 2,000. So if his 10,000 went to 140,000, all in this calendar year I'm talking about, and now it's back at 2,500. So this is the issue with hodling the wrong thing. So that's why this hodl mentality is great, but you gotta apply it to Bitcoin because it's the digital store of value that's proven itself. So people need to think, okay, let me get into these other projects, but let me take my profits when I'm doing well in Satoshis. That's the habit I see a lot of newcomers not building. And it's very, very important to build that habit because it's very easy as a human being to be emotionally attached to something, especially if you're not very educated in the space. If all of a sudden you've seen something change your life with wealth, you're emotionally attached. You don't want to get rid of it. But that's why it's important to build that habit very early on to take your profits in Satoshis. 
And that's going to get you ahead in cryptocurrency and looking at market caps and where they can go, not the price of coin. Those are the most two important things to start off for any newcomer. That's makes sense. It totally makes sense. Um, fantastic. Okay. So yeah, I've been in some projects right now that have done crap as well. I've been in some projects that have done well too. Hodling those uh, unknown projects is a bad idea. Get in, get in there and get out at the right time is, is the way to go forward. Uh, I've been following, uh, as I said, a fellow who's been mentoring me, but I'm starting to learn myself and I'm, I'm going to start to make some of my own uh my own picks uh as a result of this and i think that's that's a good idea for me to do as well um i gotta say this has been cool i've really enjoyed it this has been a ton of fun peter let's let's do more let's let's have you come back again and i i'm interested in having some offline conversations with you about bringing some of this knowledge and information to people in the form of content that they can use, not just on a podcast, but maybe in a, a two-day course, maybe in the form of uh, an ongoing mastermind. Uh, I believe that cryptocurrency, DeFi, and the metaverse are the future. Brian Rose from London Real says, this is the single greatest dislocation of wealth in the history of, of mankind. And I agree with him. And it's important that more and more people start to see this, start to get involved in this. And I want to be a part of it. I want to help bring this to people. I want to, I want to invest in it, which I already am doing. And I want to help people learn about it. And I think it's great to share information, but I'm in the business of putting together programs for people. So I believe that this is a great idea. And Peter, you and I, let's do some things together, brother. It should be a lot of fun. 100%. I want to drop some more tips to people like yourself. You're a little bit more experienced in the business community. For a new entrepreneur that you said you mentioned earlier, that the costs and the mistakes of hiring the right people and actually building something out is difficult. But don't let that discourage you. There's tons of platforms that you could leverage that your idea, if it's already great, you could start off smaller. You could, for example, take wrapped Bitcoin and put it on Ethereum network just picture you could take an existing thing and make it your own niche so people understand you don't have to create it from scratch obviously there's lots of advantages to create it from scratch and that's where the true leaders are going to be built but when you start off don't just swim in the deep end start in the shallow end so you can start off by building a concept that they already have like base layers where you could just copy paste and input your little slight difference or whatever you're doing and start off like that it doesn't have to be right away into something distributed and world changing right away. You could ease your way into it. So you can start using the technology, understanding the, the capabilities of where we are, what works, what doesn't. And then as you succeed more financially as an entrepreneur in life, then you could build it out from scratch if you choose to, right? But don't let it discourage you thinking you need some kind of massive wealth. There's tons of companies now that if you were to volunteer, not only will they give you the tools and the skills to be able to learn the technology, most of the time after volunteering and being someone that's taking action, you could get a job, you can start a business, you can get a sales position, whatever the case may be, there's so much opportunity in this space and there's actually a lack of humans, right? That are entering it, as funny as it sounds. It's like the same crew of people that are growing, but not exponentially. The technology is growing exponentially, but the people around the world, I think there was about half a percent or a percent of people that use Bitcoin four or five years ago in the States, we're at 2% now. So that's not, that's not a massive amount of adoption when it comes to the new users because people are intimidated. So think of it in Satoshis and know that there's ways you could build and experience this technology for very, very cheap or nothing, most of your time, right? So don't think of this, you have to be some kind of big money person or some successful big shot to be able to get into the space. Whatever level you're in, in life, there is a place for you in cryptocurrency. Amen. Well said. All right, Peter, we end off every single one of our interviews by asking you as the guest expert for your three expert action steps. These are your best pieces of advice for my listener to take on what you have talked about to their profit in life or in business. What do you say? Step one, actually use Bitcoin. So go to an event, you could get on the phone with someone like me, we could do an online call and we could, I could walk you through an opening an app that costs you nothing, just your time. 
Also, make sure you do the safety precautions if they give you 12 words in most cryptocurrencies. If you buy a, a fidget device that gets it off the internet, there's 24 words in some cases, but the same concept. So get the basics down right. First step is actually use the technology. So go find a way. If you are kind of tech savvy yourself, there's tons of content you could just find online and figure it out yourself. If not, attend an event. Almost at every meetup, there's maybe a dozen or a couple or maybe everyone's a good person that's willing to show you how to use the technology. Oh, any event I attend personally, so if you're in the Toronto region, we're doing some workshops coming up as well. Hey, I love sending people their first cryptocurrency experience, right? It's, it's something special about sending someone a couple of dollars, getting them to send a dollar to somebody else. They all of a sudden, all those documentaries, all those concepts they heard about make a lot more sense once you use the technology. So step one, use the technology. Step two is share the technology with somebody else, right? So once you learn to use it, there's no better way of spreading this message by helping somebody else. And even if you only spent 12 hours and you know very little, you helping somebody else get involved in this space is what's gonna create the true wealth in this community. And the third step I would say is decide what impact you wanna make in the world and the technology is being built for you to be able to do that. However you choose to express yourself, keep an open mind. Because with this open mind, we're building this. So use the technology, share it with a friend, and keep your mind open to what's to come. Because what's about to come is endless possibilities in the metaverse, physical, digital interaction, combinations, things we can't even think of are going to be built out in the coming decades. And keep your mind open and keep taking action in the space. Today, that may be just using Bitcoin and sharing it with someone. And keeping that open mind doesn't mean you have to go and use metaverses today, but there will be a time where there's something in your, that falls in line with what you love and what you're doing in your life that is going to be built on this technology. I think that's fantastic, man. All right, so listener, Peter Ratnikov's The Real Deal. Make sure that you go check out uh, who he is and what he's all about. Peter, what's your website again? So we got PeterRatnikov.com is my, my official website. My phone number is there. If you want to, if you want to contact me, there's book a call. But for the people, don't be shy to just text me and call me. I answer my phone, right? So the phone number is there. We're also, our team is making a documentary called Crypto Life. CryptoLife.to is our website. But if you just type Crypto Life into uh, YouTube, we, we're starting to come up. It's under a year we've been doing it, but we're starting to get some traction now. So yeah, if you just want to learn some general information, it would be at Crypto Life or go right to YouTube. And if you have specific questions, reach out to me. I love sharing them with them and the knowledge that I've been blessed to learn in cryptocurrency. Love it. Love it. So make sure that you do that. Peter Ratnikov, brother, thanks for joining the show. Really appreciate having you here, man. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's amazing guest, the one and only Peter Ratnikov, go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com or wherever you happen to listen to this episode. And if you enjoyed this, share the episode. Make sure someone else who needs this information gets it. Until next time, goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice.